welcome to Rescue Replay. My name is Kala and I'm your host. Today I have my best friend from Calgary, Alberta here. Hi. And her name is Brittany. <laughs> and we are like soul sisters. You know those friends where, you know, you can spend time, ocean, mountains apart. And we have. It doesn't matter though. It And it's like not, no time is past. None. So we actually have a really good connection we met while we were cleaning and our connection started forming pretty immediately 13 years ago is it 13 now give or take give or take yeah because you was your kids are nine and seven soon yeah. six yeah yeah so um yeah Brittany's been with me through a lot of things so she she actually knew me before I met my previous my abusive relationship and she knew me all the way through and she watched me go through that which from her eyes was actually pretty difficult. Mind-blowing. It, it was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. So was watching the confidence that you had when we first met and then watching that just like become almost zero. And now you're just glowing again and you're happy and you're comfortable. <laughs> and it's Stop just it. been, Stop it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it has just been, especially after not seeing you since, what, January? Yeah, January. Yeah. yeah. And it was like for a quick second January too. It was a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like it was super flash. Yeah. You know, and just the change has been astronomical. You know, and it's interesting too, because Brittany had been telling me this like through my whole experience with this relationship. And I was like, no, no, like she would tell me straight up, like you have lost your confidence. And I'm like, no, no, I haven't. And I would make all these excuses. And this is where we really need to just open the conversation about what gaslighting is, especially to younger, impressionable people, because we adults have such a upper hand. Well, and it was so slowly done that you didn't even notice the changes in yourself, the eye contact, the walking with your head down. There was so many things that I just got goosebumps talking about. Oh, like, yeah. It, it was crazy because for me, I could see it. But for you, you just... That was my world and yeah. that was everything. Like I was, I dived right into that. Yeah. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Wow. Um, I also want to go on the record and say that for like, since you guys were together for like a year, I kept saying that it was probably better to move on. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. She caught it right away at the beginning and I was like, no, I'm totally in love with this guy, which I was. Well, and he's one of those know? people that you can't help but like when you're face to face. But I it's saw true. the evidence of what was happening Behind when I face. wasn't face yeah, to face. Behind the yeah. Scenes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I remember that when we were went out for dinner and I like it was the first time that I had physical bruises yeah. and it was so hard for me to tell you that. And even though like I knew mm -hmm. I forced myself. I was like I have to. Like this is my one you're my person. <laughs> you know, like I have to tell I you. I wanted this. to go and fight a bitch that day. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's I couldn't imagine being on the receiving end of that. No. Yeah. No, it was hard. And it was hard to just sit there and listen because you still were making excuses. Like, I know. I love him. I don't want to leave him, but I need to tell you what happened. And it was yeah. like, oh my God, where is this going? Yeah. Like, and then it crashed and burned pretty quickly after that. <laughs> pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what I find really interesting now is he like it inadvertently switched around to it being treated like I was the the bad guy the abuser in the end yeah you know like um you know just the last little communications and it's like for six years we told each other 
how much we loved each other that we wanted to marry each other and have kids with each other and all of a sudden it's crazy to me when love becomes pure evil yeah hatred i i refrain from using hatred because we know how strong that is but like but evil, that's how he made you feel totally like i get that there's no hatred towards him from you yeah but he made you feel that well and what i think is really interesting too is i often wonder how he felt receiving from me yeah and it's like but he wouldn't talk about it right and it's i'll never know because i'm not him but i'm interested i don't want to know <laughs> i know and i try not to hate the person is it's funny because i think we're all a product right i truly firmly believe and i told you this i remember i was driving home and i called you and i was like i i found a way to find peace and that was um forgiveness well and people don't hurt other people unless they have felt that hurt first yeah. themselves already and consistently yes because i don't think he knew he was doing it i really I don't. don't i don't his heart is so pure where it's at but i think he's just a product yeah you know and i think that's part of growing like outgrowing your parents and how that's important because you don't want to be a product a product is when you don't outgrow and yeah and, and become look your own beyond person. what your parents have been you know kind of conditioning yeah even though like they're just trying looking out for you yeah you absolutely know. but there is over parenting there's under parenting there's well there's there's manipulative and narcissistic parenting too yeah it can go so many different yeah directions. absolutely absolutely and i think just opening the conversation is the first step yeah the first step speaking of conversations okay i want to talk about butter Oh my gosh. Okay, so guys, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what happens when we get together. So I pick Brittany up from the airport and we're both like texting each other like, I don't know where I'm at. And I'm like, I don't know either. So There's no rhyme or reason to that airport. It was so confusing. I remember like we're still Alberta girls, right? Like, and the Calgary airport is very extremely labeled. And that's the second time I've ever been on a flight. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I guess third, but I was 16 and my parents took care of all that. Yeah. But yeah. Three years ago when you were in Smithers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then this time. And the Smithers airport is like nothing. It's like yeah. one it's a terminal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was, and I was like, okay, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? Cause of course, like my best friends here, I want to make sure it's so great. Coffee. And yeah, she's like, I need a coffee. She's like, I want water and a coffee. And I'm like, coming right up. Let's go. And water was in the car. I, she didn't show up with coffee and she knows me better than that. Well, I don't drink coffee, so it's not <laughs> on my brain. Right. Um, so I like California, we figured out how to get to this Tim Hortons and then like California lane changed over and I'm like, we're going in and she's up at the counter and I'm deciding. <laughs> yeah. It's funny guys. I'm deciding if I want anything and I'm like, no, I think I'm fine. Like in my head. And then I'm thinking about what I need at the grocery store because we have to stop there on the way home. And this is happening in like 0.3 nanoseconds. <laughs> and I'm pushing her cause I've already ordered my coffee. So I'm like, what do you want Calla? Like I'll, I'll, grab you a coffee. I'll grab you an ice cap. What do you want? <laughs> and she says, <laughs> okay. And I said, no, I'm okay with just butter. 
butter. <laughs> Even the cashier burst out laughing. We had no idea what to do with this comment. <laughs> It wasn't even like we were at a restaurant where it was like, oh, do you want sour cream with your potatoes? No, just butter. Dang. No, we were ordering coffee. <laughs> and Kala wants just butter. <laughs> and she said it with this look on her face that was like, obviously, all I want is butter. <laughs> yeah, I did a full send on that comment. Full send. And like, uh, so this is the kind of stuff that happens when we get together. Yeah. You know, and it's consistently. Just, it's a and we have this this running inside joke that we should have our own reality show and our cameraman's George. So when we have a moment, one of us is yelling, George. Like, <laughs> Did you get that, George? Yeah. Was there my cut, that, cut that in. Is that my good side? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't spit out your coffee oh that was close so one of the things that really attracted me to you as a friend was when we started opening up opening up to each other and we started talking about like some of our personal struggles and actually we were folding so we met at a cleaning company and we were folding cloths one morning because yeah. we came in and we, and we built, were told that we were working together that day yeah and we were really amped to do it yeah and you had said something while folding and you said who cares but it Something. I yeah. don't know. I don't even remember. But you said something like, well, with as skinny as you are, or you're yes. so skinny. Yeah. Right? And I was kind of like, oh, ha, ha. It's the other S word. Yeah. 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 And then we, when we got into the car, like, you're so good about breaking people open. That's another thing I love about you. You just have this. <laughs> Everybody grace. bleeds their problems on me in a well, good way. In, in a, a good, good way. way. Yeah. You have this, like, wholesome motherly spirit to you. You always have. Yeah. Mom spirit. So, and then I, you were like, hey, like we got into the car and you're like, is everything okay? Like, and I told you how I really, it was hurtful to be called skinny. Yeah. Yeah. And I can 100% agree with that because I have been overweight over half my life. Right. And I don't like being called fat. You know, it goes absolutely both ways. Totally. Just as strongly. It's like telling a thin person to go eat a cheeseburger or telling a overweight person to go run a lap. Yeah, it's the exact same hurtful feelings on the inside. And you want to know what I think is interesting in our society is we've normalized the conversation for overweight people. Yeah, but we have not normalized the conversation for high performance athletes or underweight people. Yeah, not even I'm not even underweight. No, but I'm I'm quite slight. Yes, you know, and you know, I'm very. But I've met your family. Yes, that's that's not like that's just how it goes for your mom, your sister, you like I come from a small line like it's honestly in my genes. Yeah, you know, not really small genes. Huh. <laughs> Skinny girl joke. <laughs> what burn? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> but I think it's it's really nice because you're probably the only person that I feel safe about talking about my body positivity. Yeah. And it's interesting. So we went to the aquarium today and I wore a skirt in this little top and Brittany was like, you know, we were, then we sat on the beach and we were checking everybody out. We were just people, everybody. Yeah. We were just people watching. There's some hotties out today. Wow. <laughs> it was a hot day. Yeah. Um, and I, I told you today, I was like, yeah, when I'm wearing outfits like this, because I personally really love them. Like, I like the way they look. I like the way that they feel. And I work for my body. So it like, I want to be mm -hmm. able to feature it. And I'm very respectful about how I feature it. Like where. Oh, absolutely. Right. 
And you had made a comment about like how, oh, well, you should have seen all the people that um, have checked you out today. And it's like, well, no, normally when I notice people walking towards me, I make a, ment a quick mental note to myself to not make eye contact and act as if like, I don't even know that they're there. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, you put on, you, so you put on blinders. And it's like, yeah, because I don't want to attract any unwanted attention. Yeah. And I don't want to give that off. But I also want to feel like, I can be proud of where I'm at. Yeah. Well, you work hard for it. Like I was literally sitting on the couch drinking coffee this morning and Kala did easily a half hour workout. Like, but I'm on vacation. So <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of, I've noticed we talked about the signs of aging too. Yeah. You know, cause we're both in our thirties. Yeah. Well, and I've lost about 80 pounds in the last year. So my, I've really noticed that like the skin, elasticity yeah. is gone. Now two children and I was almost 300 pounds. Yeah. So yeah, it ain't bouncing back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy how, as you get older, it just doesn't anymore and you just have to be okay with it. And then you get the aches and the pains. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And all of that piled on. Yeah. I was amazed. I remember I was in Smithers like when I left for Smithers, you were bigger. And when I saw you in Smithers, you had lost. I had, but then yeah. I stopped. So yeah. it's only been in the last probably year and a half since I left my last job and moved on to my new job. Right. That I've buckled down. You know, I looked in the mirror and it was like, okay, enough is enough. I wasn't healthy. Yeah. It wasn't how people looked at me. My husband, he thinks like the sun shines on me. You know, he's, he dies. he's, he's never seen me for my weight. He's never seen me for my shape, my size, however you want to look at it. But I saw it one day. And that's all and that matters. it was a huge eye opener. And yeah. I made some significant life changes. Yeah. I still have a long ways to go. Yeah. And I'm still not confident. But confidence is subjective. Because I look at somebody who is a lot thinner and a lot more built and still the confidence isn't there. Totally. So it's, yeah. and I see girls my size, bigger than me, you know, curvier than me who own it and yes. they look phenomenal. I know. Yeah. So it's all in how you see yourself. Yeah. That is like, we need to stop the fat shaming, the skinny shaming, the, all of the judgments that we have. Oh my God. And yeah. towards ourselves. Of course. And just be who we are. Well, and then also just like appreciating other people for being who they are. Yeah. You know, like, so when I see larger people in bathing suits, I'm not looking at them like, uh, like they no. shouldn't be wearing that. Which I'm, is funny because I do it to myself. But yeah. I think that those people are stunning who totally. can walk down that beach and just be themselves. Yes. I have seen some curvaceous women in bikinis and I'm like, yeah, she owns it. Mm -hmm. Like she is proud and she is happy and comfortable. And I love that vibe. Absolutely. You know, the one vibe that I get a lot is like the jealousy envy because, you know, I am a little... I'm slighter and I'm yeah and I'm more fit and it's like I get all these women looking at me like Ugh. yeah it totally happens yeah and it's that's hard to deal with like when I, and especially because I'm out in public on my own a lot of the time. yeah 
you know, so it's like, it's hard, you know, just like fat people don't want overweight people. Don't Whatever. No, it's fine. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't censor yourself for me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, they don't want the attention. Neither do, do I. No. I just want, like, I just want to be. But from a heavier set woman, a lot of times the looks that I would give a smaller person is admiration. It's not always envy. It's not jealousy. It's like, damn, I wish I could look like that. And I could. Yeah. I just, well, I don't think I could ever be as small as somebody who's got your genes, you know, like, but a lot of times it's admiration. It's not envy. Well, it might be a little envy, but it's obvious that you work for it. Thanks. You know, yeah. like you've got the definition, you've got the tone. Yeah. So that wasn't God's gift. Like, let's, let's be honest. (laughs) And you grew up a mermaid, you know, you're in the pool, you're, you're working out every muscle. Yeah. So, you know, you've, you've earned what you've got. Thank you. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's true. We got some sirens. We got some sirens. This is classic East Valley. Love it. Love it. These mics are just that good. Them ones are rescue ready right there. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. So being on deck and being on the beaches and in pools and everything, do you find that there's a difference in body image yeah. and confidence through the age ranges? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And especially you can totally tell when, you know, the hormones are kind of a little bit heightened <laughs> and elevated because just by the way that they're holding their bodies, right? So lifeguarding is actually really cool. Our communication, yeah, we we know how to communicate to each other as rescuers in a rescue, but we don't get to communicate to all of our patrons, right? Okay. So, and people aren't going to be like, get chest pain and be like, hold their hand up and wave you over <laughs> and be like, hey, hey, yeah, I got chest pain. Come check me out. They're going to try and hide it and try and deny it and all these things. So really lifeguards have to pay attention to body language which is a type of communication that you know you don't really you can't teach that it's just learn it is honestly it's situational awareness and it's just like understanding what to look for yeah um and i always tell my candidates uh whatever doesn't make sense okay yeah if it doesn't make sense then you got to go and you got to investigate it a little bit more makes sense yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It totally yeah, makes you sense. You have to actually like look and not just like scan all the time. Right. So with the body positivity, what I see with some younger females is I see them um, holding, like crossing their arms around their stomach. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you cross your arms, you're usually up around your chest. Yeah. But I see them hold their arms down around their stomach a little Trying bit. Trying to hide the midriff. Yeah. Hide the midriff, you know, and this is where we hold all of our confidence and our courage. Like this is our sacral chakra as well, which okay. is our, our fire, our self-esteem. Yeah. So when we're feeling insecure, we tend to want to cover that up and blockade that, you know? Um, and I think there is a lot of pressure for young girls to sexualize themselves early with you know bikinis bikinis and and summer bodies and tans and getting your nails done and it's like i i feel like they're waterproof makeup (laughs) yeah i feel like they're getting younger and younger and they're you know all dolled up going to the pool yeah and i remember i remember being one of those like 12 year olds that oh i got a new bikini and like 
we would be sitting on the edge of the hot tub flipping our hair around yeah you know so like i know the whole like it's a thing for sure but so we're talking a lot about girls do you notice this in teenage boys men like i do notice there's kind of a, an extreme with with boys is if you get the tall lanky ones mm. they usually wear big big baggy clothes to hide their bodies okay yeah and then the thick ones sometimes they wear things that are way too small to like show or t-shirts yeah and they you know they overcompensate a little okay Um, i know being married to a tall lanky he said that like growing up it was hard for him because he was always the skinny kid Mm-hmm. He was picked on for being the skinny kid, and he was a basketball player and an athlete, and yeah. So he, he didn't like he was so full of ego, you know. It doesn't phase him, yeah. But he said that he was the skinny kid, you know, like, and yeah. he was very aware that people thought of him like that, yeah. And well, the other thing about being slight or small or skinny or a twig that we don't realize is people feel like they have the right to comment on your body mm-hmm. because you don't have to deal with weight loss yeah people feel like they have a right to comment oh you're so thin i had a boss say like jesus callie you should eat a cheeseburger and i was just like i looked at her and i just like in my mind i was just like fuck you you're my boss yeah i'm not supposed to feel diminished or bullied by you okay and you know because how how would you like it if i said fuck just run a mile yeah or like do some fucking push-ups or like and on the opposite side of things i had a boss give me a work shirt and she said oh well when you lose more weight it'll fit you better and it was like hmm ouch yeah like which is true Mm -hmm. obviously if you lose weight it'll fit you better you know but i wasn't comfortable wearing it yeah so i didn't yeah. Like, you know, it. so it does go both ways. Like, it totally does. Well, when you lose weight, well, when, when pigs fly, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not saying that it's impossible, but I won't do it until I want to. Yeah. Like, or until I'm ready Until to. I feel good to. Yeah. yeah. Until it feels good. Well, and people are like, oh, yeah, well, you're such a twig. But that's an acceptable, that's socially acceptable to say. Because you're thin. Because I'm thin. But if it was me flipped, Calling them a tree trunk. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, or like I use the term marshmallow. It's like, hey, yeah, like you're a marshmallow. Like yeah. if, if some like overweight person was like, oh, yeah, well, because you're such a twig. If I came back at them and was like, yeah, you're such a marshmallow. You would be the asshole. Oh, for and sure. And they would be in the right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's really only you and one other person that I opened up to because also fitting clothes. Like it sucks mm-hmm. when a woman's store, like Banana Republic, doesn't fit me. Yeah. It's too big. Gap doesn't fit me. It's too big. Okay. You know, I had one of my students say, like, do you ever get your clothes at the kids section? Oh, jeez. And I was like, dude, you just asked your instructor that? Like, the way it was kind of off the cuff. Like, yeah. I knew he meant nothing by it, but I was like, dude, just don't ask people that. Yeah. Like, that's – and if you think about, like, if I'm a 32-year-old female, do you think it would feel good to get kids' clothes? <laughs> Well, but at the same time, I think sometimes they think it as a compliment, even though you take it differently because of your experiences in the past. Yeah. I think that it 
is actually meant as a compliment in a lot of ways. Well, and I'm sure it is, but it's like... And I do know you own a kid's t-shirt. <laughs> Actually, it's your nephew's. I, I, no, it's my son's. Oh, yeah, my nephew's, your son's. Yeah, it was cute. His animal t-shirt. He, like, wanted to get rid of it, and he's eight years old, and... And a monster. He's, like, almost as tall as me. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you were like, oh, try it on. Does it fit? And it fit. And you were like, Ryder, can Auntie Cal have it? And he was like, yeah, sure. And Auntie was moving away that day, too. So he was very excited to hand it over. Yeah. And then your brother, he was like, oh, yeah, Ryder didn't need it anyways. <laughs> yeah, he's probably he's, grown out of it yeah, by now. Yeah, he's going to grow out of it. And here I'm like this 32-year-old female wearing this 8-year-old shirt. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite shirts because of the story. Absolutely. It. Yeah. And I get so many compliments when I wear it. Well, it's cute. It's totally cute. <laughs> totally cute. That's awesome. So you mentioned earlier in this episode, gaslighting. Mm. I know you and I have talked about it and you had mentioned that word quite a few times. So I've looked it up, but it's not a commonplace term. Is there any way that you can expand on what gaslighting means to people who have never really heard it before? Yeah. So the thing about gaslighting is it's usually a slow chip. It's an insidious form of manipulation and psychological control. Okay. How they achieve this is by making slow digs at you. And I can remember when I started dating him, he would be like, oh yeah, that's because you're such a cheap date. Okay. And I was like, um, I'm not a cheap date. And he's like, oh, I'm just kidding. Like, you know what I mean? And he's like, you don't have to be so sensitive about it. Yeah. You know, and then I can remember one time too, I was like, I sent him this picture of this thing and he's like, oh, like a little um, frog man or whatever. And I was like, it's obviously a tree man. Like, come on. Just being playful. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, I actually really don't like it when people use that word because I don't think there's anything obvious about it. Like he took it so literal. Okay. So literal. A really perfect example is, is let's go back to the butter comment. <laughs> yeah. When you only want butter. Yeah. <laughs> when you're ordering coffee and Calla says, I'm good with just butter. Yeah. Okay. So you and I, we had a belly laugh. Oh God. That. Tears. Yo, and the, the cashier lady joined in and we're having this belly laugh. We're living in the moment and we're just drinking in the serious ridiculousness of that. Laughing together. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it's so gratifying and it's so encompassing and wholesome when that those moments happen. Yeah. So you like to take charge of them, right? You like to in like you like to bring them in and you like to experience them to the fullest. Cody would be like he would say something like what the hell are you talking about? Okay. And I'm yeah, like, he would just like it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, he would, and he, it he would, would almost, cut you down. Yeah, he would shame me for being so stupid. for making a mistake. Yeah, for well, in his words, he stupid. He used to call me stupid and a fucking idiot on a daily basis. Okay. Yeah, like, and he would never apologize for it. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I it just slowly started. So when I started, you know, saying ridiculous things and, you know, when you say... A and you say a lot of ridiculous things. Well, and... But it's totally. funny. It's, like... 
Well, and you describe me best when you say, like, I'm awkwardly cute. Yeah. You know, I'm just awkward. <laughs> awkward all the time. With all the time. Everything. Like when that waitress says, have a good meal. And you're like, yeah, you too. <laughs> and she's not eating. <laughs> That's exactly something that I'm saying. I know. You know. Uh, yeah. So I, I learned that he would treat me that way. And then I just wouldn't speak my mind. I wouldn't say those things. Or I would, yeah. I would think in my mind, like, oh, that's stupid. Don't. So you would start cutting yourself down. Oh, for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it bleeds right into me. And I can remember thinking, like, okay, if I just, like, if I can just get on this really good track, like, then, like, he'll notice me. or like, Yeah, he'll, or he'll think I'm funny instead of stupid. Yeah, exactly. Or... And I can even remember, like, going shopping and being, like, oh, I think, like, he would like this because I'll look mature. You went through a big phase like that. Like, well, yeah. if I dress like this, maybe he'll notice me or he'll comment or he'll compliment. Right. And I finally said, like, enough's enough. Dress for you, not for him. Yeah, and then I started doing that and I started getting a little bit more attention, but it was nothing sustainable. Yeah. It was nothing sufficient. Like, it was just, never good enough. No, and he would always point out the things that I did wrong, even if I did it only once. Okay. Yeah. So when I first moved in with him, of course, it was really a That's mess. a whole other yeah, story. Yeah, we don't even need to go there. And I was showering, and you know how when your hair falls out, you spider it and you put it on the wall. Stick so it to the wall. Stick yeah. Stick it to the wall. Then you have this big hair glob on the wall, so it doesn't go <laughs> down in your drain. Yeah, and then you have to snake the drain. Yeah, and so then I would throw it in the garbage, and he's like, "Oh, thanks. Like, please keep doing that." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, like." And one night I forgot and he came home from work and he was like, open the shower and that was there. And right away the next morning before he said, good morning. And the first thing he says to me is like, hey, can you remember to like take your hair off the wall? Okay. And it was just like every time I misstepped even slightly, he would point it out. He'd point out all of my hypocrisies. So funny story. One time <laughs> I'm going to praise my husband here. Okay. I do that. I When my hair falls out in the shower, you know, you stick it to the wall and mm -hmm. you clean it up after. Well, the one time he pushed – like it was the next day or two days later or whatever, he pushed open the shower curtain and the ball of hair fell. Oh. Well, he thought – my husband is terrified of spiders. Like, he thought it was a spider. So I got cursed out in a joking way yeah. because I apparently left a spider on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Trev. <laughs> but yeah, there's that's completely opposite ways of dealing with such an innocent forgetfulness. Oh, or like, you know, sure. you wrap your head up in a towel, you now go, like, you walk away and you forget. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. For there's no need to constantly poke at one thing that you've forgotten. It's, uh, yeah. And I've had people tell me, like, once they get to know me, they're like, oh, my God, you're so bullheaded and you're so strong and you're so confident. Like, how did somebody do that to you? Yeah. Like, how did you let that happen? And it's like, it's just a slow chip. Yeah. With a healthy dose of, like, I want this person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It starts to just, like, chip and chip and chip until there's a crack. Well, and so there's a, actually – Kate. Okay, if you like the butter story, if everybody likes the butter. Everybody like, likes the butter story. Yeah. So here's another moment of like ridiculousness. And like you weren't here for this one. So I was with, we were going down to Fernie 
to see some some of Cody's family, and of course his mom with us was with us. She tagged along all. Well, actually, I think I tagged along with their relationship. <laughs> Honestly, I was the third wheel. Yeah. Um, I remember we were in the back seat. I was in the back seat. They were up there driving, whatever, and I was like, oh, "Look!" And I was like, "Oh, wait, that's just a pile of rocks." And then I was like, oh. <laughs> I said. I thought it was a. I thought it was a pile of cows cuddling, <laughs> cuddle puddle. Yeah, <laughs> and they were both. Both of them just like looked at each other and were like, "What the fuck? Like, what the hell?" Oh like, wow. Yeah, and it was like, like it didn't register <laughs> how ridiculous Do cows, cows even cuddle in a yeah. puddle. <laughs> it's like it was this big mound. So I just thought that they were all laying together okay. you know but like this big mountain and i i was sure and it was just like a pile of rocks <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh my god and i was laughing about that of for, course yeah for so long and then they were both like neither of them laughed and they like looked at each other and like made this like snarky judgment like oh like what what the hell are you talking about cows cuddling and i'm like oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was things like that. Then know? it makes you question your next, like, oh man, look at this. Exactly. And yeah. like when it was him and his mom, like they would always pick, they would always be on each other's side. They would always have each other's back in yeah. conversation. And I was always just left gang out. up on you. Yeah. And I did feel like that. Yeah. You know? And, and that's where like my comment earlier when I said, like, I really firmly believe that somebody doesn't cause harm to somebody else unless they felt that harm to themselves yeah. first. So I really feel like he, like this, he didn't just wake up one day and start like learning gaslighting behaviors and manipulation tactics. No. Like that's learned behavior. And like I said earlier, I truly don't think that he purposely cut no. you down at every turn. I think he's had this learned behavior of, and a lot of people do, like mm -hmm. I've had people in my life who, you know, like it's the silliest comments, like clothing shopping. Yeah. And it's like, well, I think you need a size bigger because I'm this size and you're bigger than me. And yeah. it's like, but I'm not. Yeah. Like, but I would let that get to me constantly. And the more you get cut down, the more you focus on what's wrong exactly. instead of what's right. Like that's where complimenting people on what they're wearing and letting them know that they look amazing or that just to be positive with people focus yeah. on the good instead of like oh you kind of got a fat roll hanging over your jeans you know like yeah. well and it's like I think too people need when we say focus on the positive like it's like people are like focus on positive focus on, no it's more about like just focus on what's real and find the beauty in that and if you don't see beauty walk away yeah. You don't need to compliment yeah. everybody you pass in the street. No. Like, and I think that the solution to, you know, all of this body shaming, body humility, embarrassment, judgment, envy, even gaslighting, well, I'm not sure. Like, maybe those people... There might are, not be, like, an instant cure for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, and I know that there's different levels. Like, and we're just, like, really brush in the surface yeah here. you can really dive into this oh one. you really could. we could go on for days yeah <laughs> girl <laughs> um but i think i think that being positive with people like just staying on the 
the happy side of life being kind yeah being kind and i think you hit it right on the nail like speak your mind and compliment people yeah and you know this is where my business name is rescue ready right and mm. i think we forget that we rescue each other every day every day you know and your rescue might be talking to that cashier that day yeah and oh so today Kala and i went to the pier in white rock and there was a guy who was entertaining people he was playing his guitar he was amazing and we got chatting with him because that's what we do yeah we're chitter chatters and we got talking about random things like the differences between alberta and bc because i'm from well we're both from alberta but um <laughs> and he's traveled all over with his guitar and so he just where, where was i going with that well we were talking about um being kind yeah he he wanted to show us a magic trick because he just thought that we were so friendly and yeah, yeah it yeah. was it was really sweet like he was just saying like you know everyone's life experiences are different and we didn't even talk to him about this no but he said like you know just understand that everybody is in a different point in their lives and yeah they will go on with their days and don't let them ruin your day well and i think too with the way that we operate ourselves if we can operate in a manner in everyday life where we give the other person the benefit of the doubt because we don't know their story they're on their own path yeah and then if we can just operate and say okay we give them the benefit of the doubt whatever happened they probably didn't mean it, it was probably some yeah whatever right and then we project that kindness back onto them absolutely too. like oh i love your hair yeah it's great hair like or whatever yeah it can be anything that you notice or busy day today yeah yeah it's you know it's and just then, recognizing that everybody's human that everyone is doing their best with what they have there's that there's that humanity yeah and i love that about humanitarians and stoicism i love that it's principle based and it's like not we don't treat every situation the same but we assess every situation and we Go based on these like this code of morals, this code yeah. of principles. Like, be kind, you know. Don't kill, don't steal, and just have a good time. Just enjoy life. Yeah. And I think that's what Vancouver has really taught me. Like after I'm healing from all of this abusive trauma and emotional trauma that I've been through, Vancouver is really showing me to just stop and enjoy. Focus. And yeah, and enjoy yeah what life has to offer you know yeah as much as like you know the power lines and the trees and the flowers like you know when you get it all on a street like a line it's street, amazing you know it's those simple things like just walking down the street cutting a lock beautiful. off of a fence oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that had to be freeing you know what i was like standing there and i'm like sawing this Bitch. Like I am <laughs> sawing this, and all these people are driving by. And I'm I have like, to ask. Yeah, what were you wearing? Okay, girl, <laughs> I was looking fine. Yes, I had these like tinsel guess um uh pants on. They were black, and I had this cute little crop top. And of course, like my gold watch, my gold chain. I had my silver rings on, and I had this jacket that I ended up leaving there, which. My national trainer picked up for me. Perfect. So thank you. <laughs> not lost forever. Yeah, not lost forever. Um, and so I was, 
I was looking pretty fine. Like, <laughs> and I had my white sneakers. With Kala my... is always very well put together. Thank you. Thank you. I think a girl has got to look her best. Yeah. And I think the way you present yourself matters. But standing on the side of a bridge cutting a lock off. In Telcoa. Dressed to the nines. Yeah. Yeah. And it is dressed to the nines in Telcoa. Yeah. There's like 10 people that live there. And they're all hillbillies kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I love Telqua, really do. <laughs> so I'm standing there and I've got this saw and this one guy with his windows down, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm just like, motherfucking, like, and I'm going So these this. locks on the bridge are put on by couples. Yeah. That is yeah. the whole point of these locks. So if you're chopping one off with a handsaw, everybody knows everybody why. Knows why. <laughs> yeah. These are love locks on the bridge of Telqua. It's very similar to the locks on like the Paris bridge. There's yeah. a famous one, right? Whatever. I'm so glad my lock was not on there because to fly to Paris just to cut the bitch off, <laughs> right? Um, so have to phone a friend. And then this guy, he comes walking and he's like, oh, are you having fun? And I was like, yeah, actually. Because, <laughs> you know, as I'm like sawing this, it's kind of like I'm working out all yeah. the last like dripping, A cathartic feeling. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we put like Cala plus Cody and Zeppelin forever on it. So it was just like a big piece of bullshit. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. Big piece of bullshit. <laughs> And when I put that, when I asked him to do that, it was my idea, of course, the hopeless romantic in me. But that was my way of asking him to marry me. Okay. Yeah. Because I would never put something permanent. Because we threw away the keys. We we made a wish. We threw yeah. the keys away. I would never do something permanent like that with someone unless I was like 100% yeah. decided. And you know oh, yeah. how much I was. and. Well, being distant, like I really got shadowed by how manipulative and yeah. controlling he actually was. So I didn't see the full extent until I really moved in, which is usually what happens. Of course. So. Yeah. You can't see the full person until you're seeing every aspect of them. Yeah. And so I cut this lock off and we always talk, you know, how we always have those like coincidental moments. Mm. So this is a crazy story. I had this coincidental moment afterwards. I'm walking back to the car to put my jacket because I worked up such a sweat. <laughs> and I wanted to put the saw in my jacket back to my car. And I wanted to go sit on this bench by the river and just, you know, have a moment. Have your like, moment. Yeah. Pray and do whatever, right? And as I'm walking to the car, I had my phone in my pocket, which I never do. I always leave my phone in my car for yeah. stuff like this. And I barely even touched it. And a song automatically played. And then it switched to this song, which I love. This is my favorite Lamb of God song. Nice. And I've listened to this song so much. And when anytime the song would come on my iPod back in the day, Ooh, yeah, the little iPod minis, yep. I would recite this opening word for word and just like thrash when the because it's a metal song it's lamb of god it's called omerta mm. and it's like a hard metal song so you're just like these blast beats and like screamo stuff <laughs> so i'm walking back to this, the car and the song plays and i just instantly i feel like it's almost like god is talking to me like okay like you won yeah you know and so i'll read the opening i won't play the song i'll read the opening for you copyright okay. <laughs> have to just read yeah. it yeah yeah okay are we ready Whoever appeals to the law against his fellow man is either a fool or a coward. Whoever cannot take care of himself without that law is both. For a wounded man shall say to his assailant, if I live, I will kill you. If I die, you are forgiven. Such is the rule of honor. 
Ooh. Yeah. So I feel like by cutting off that law. You won. Yeah. Like I, I lived. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I'm cutting this motherfucker off. <laughs> and I went and I went to the, to the uh, bench and I, I cried. I did. Of course. But I didn't ugly girl cry. Like, <laughs> I just shed like a tear because it's like, yeah, like that was my. That was the final That step. was it. Yeah. yeah. That was it. And um, th- I threw it in the river and I threw it in the most rapidy part. And I know some of my like greeny friends, I'm sorry if this is considered glittering, <laughs> but in the Wiccan tradition, so in like spell casting and such, when you put such energy on that like the only thing to wash that object free of that energy and that intention is water okay so it was really quite fitting and you know what being such a, a lifeguard and a water baby that like it yeah, just makes sense i want my sorrows at the deep at the bottom of my ocean kind yeah of thing, you know so it was really a really special moment i feel very empowered and i feel like i'm after coming back from that whole trip, because I did get so much closure while yeah. I was there, I really feel like I've transcended. And I think this podcast is really part of it. You know, we were talking on the beach the other night, and I'm like, yeah, I'm paying attention to how people construct sentences and when they hit their punchlines and when yeah. they like how they change the pitch of their voice depending on the points that they're trying to drive. Absolutely. Through. So I feel like I have this a lot more space to start expanding. Perfect. And I think when, you know, you really process emotional healing and you really get down into the depths and the core of it, I think that that's what it provides. But, you know, like the road here was not. No. Not and that easy. lock has been driving you crazy. Yeah, like, like obsessively crazy. Yeah. You know, and I can remember when I first came to Vancouver, I told my Vancouver contact that, just give me work. The only thing I could do was work. I yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't function with anything else. The first class I taught, I was extremely transparent. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm here from Alberta. Like, I'm here just to, you know, work for the Christmas season, whatever. And I was like, I'm going to be transparent with you. I just suffered a big emotional trauma. And yeah. I'm really struggling right now. I'm usually really open and, and aware of my classes, but I can't be, I don't have the ability to be soft right now. Like I just came from. So don't fuck around. Yeah, yeah, really. But I was like, I need you to know that like on the inside, like I am 100% here rooting for you, tell, like making sure, doing everything that I can. But if it seems like I'm pretty sad or if it seems like I'm short tempered, maybe like could you just extend me a little bit of compassion because I'm really trying. And I I even told them, I was like, it feels like 500 pounds every time I take a step right now. Yeah. You know, and this is when I was like on my way to work. I'm like ugly girl crying all the way to work. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, as soon as I'm teaching, it's like showtime. I'm on like, and I'm, I'm focused in work. And then the second that I hit my car door shut again, I'm ugly girl crying. And I repeated (laughs) that for you know, well, the students have been amazing for you, though. Like, they've really helped to pull you out because you have had so much to focus on and just become you again. Yeah, and you know what is crazy? So I also, I mentioned this to, I open up my DMs, all my Instagram to all of my students. Yeah. Because I talk about suicide and suicide prevention as well because, you know, I've known lifeguards that have committed suicide. Yeah. And I've had... Quite a few. Yeah, I've had... I've actually, the amount of people that I know that have committed suicide is 
more than I would say the average person. Yeah. So this one student, he was DMing me for something and I, I had mentioned like, yeah, no, Cody was abusive. You know, I get, I create connections with the kids and we tell each other our stories and stuff. Yeah. So everybody knew I had a partner back home that mm. I was like really wanting. I was missing because I had been away for a couple of weeks. This student, what he did, he was like, I'm so sorry to hear that. I know you open up your DMs for your students, for them to message you at any time when they're struggling. Hmm. And I know any one of your students would be totally there for you and you can message me anytime. Yeah. And I was like, wow. It's cool. That is a full circle feeling. Yeah. Really like to offer that to somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's, that's an honorable. It shows the quality of the students that you're working with too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And People who want to be a lifeguard, that's an admirable thing. You want to put yourself... Humanitarian. You, yeah. You use that word a lot. Yeah. So it makes ex- sense. Exactly. You want to put yourself in challenging situations because you have the ability and the want and the desire and the capabilities to handle it and get people out of danger. Yeah. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool feeling. And there's so many different levels with rescuing. Lifeguarding is just a start for a lot of people. You know, I know people that have gone into EMT. I know people that have gone into search and rescue, high angle rope rescue, confined space rescue, swift water rescue, night searching. You know, when we did boat patrol training. So it just opens so many doors. It opens so many doors. And here in BC, there's so many opportunities with beach lifeguarding, waterfront, well, beach, waterfront, same thing. Yeah. Um, Pool lifeguarding. There's so many ways to do swimming lessons and teach programs and it's it's very vast that's cool very vast yeah I'm so lucky to have found my passion at a young age yeah not many people can say that no not many can (laughs) I'm very blessed very blessed I think we'll leave it there. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. a happy note. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> episode. So this is our ninth episode. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so blessed to have you here in Vancouver. It's been such a joy. I have loved every second of it. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Okay, listeners, tune in next Friday at 10 a.m. for a new episode drop. This is Rescue Replay, out.